Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode four of the Counterculturalist Podcast. I am Isaiah Liberta. I'm joined today by Robbie Meredith and Jackson Gulley. So Jackson's going to actually be joining us as a third official co-host. So you're going to be hearing a lot more from him. Um, so look forward to that. He's a wise man. I haven't known him for very long, but even just in the few conversations that we've had, I'm really excited that he's joining the podcast. So Jackson, introduce yourself. Yeah. So uh, my name is Jackson Gully, as you just heard. Um, I'm a student at Boyce. I'm going really slow, though, so I'm like a half student. Born and raised in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I got married in December to my beautiful wife, Haley, and we are expecting a baby in November. Um, I'm a member at Kenwood Baptist Church, and I'm also a full-time painter. So if you have any painting needs, hit your boy up. There you go. Awesome. Also, um, I'm an avid cigar smoker, so there you go. one to two a day keeps the keeps the, the devil away. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, Love man. to see it. There you go. Okay, so, um, man. Uh, so, Isaiah, we were having a conversation over the phone, and my original game plan for this podcast was actually to... Um, to do a uh, Black Lives Matter podcast for this and, episode, yeah, or yeah, yeah sorry, uh, this this podcast episode um, was to do a Black Lives Matter podcast um, and just kind of talk about that, give give opinions, have a conversation around that. But basically, what we were doing is uh, we we kind of ran into a weird situation, and this is going to be more about um, coronavirus, honestly. Than Black Lives Matter, which I know the two are really popular topics uh, mm-hmm. right now. Right, you've heard a lot about these things, but this is kind of a new thing, so it's yeah. not just about the coronavirus. Yeah, so we haven't really like went into super depth on either of these topics that much. We've kind of we may have like said one or the other, but um, I think we'll save that Black Lives Matter podcast to the next one. And what we're really going to do is focus in on this one. So. The reason why we switched was because our school um, recently sent out a uh, what? It, what is it called exactly? It's a covenant. Okay. So, so, so we go to Boyce College, yeah. as mentioned before, um, and they sent out a in addition to the current covenant that we have. They haven't officially added it to the covenant. This is a returning to school covenant that you have to sign in order to return to Boyce either as a student living on campus or as a commuter. So, Okay, that's important yeah. because I thought that was only for right. on-campus no, students. Or as a commuter, there. just not as an online student. So gotcha. you have to sign this if you're going to be on the Boyce campus at all as a student in any form. So they sent out this this covenant, and it's not just for Boyce, it's for Southern Seminary as well. We're the undergrad of Southern Seminary. And so we're just going to read it uh, and then give our thoughts on it, our initial reaction, kind of what we think, yeah. um, what we've talked about the past couple days, because I, I think this came out like last week or so, but it's especially kind of gotten traction as people notice just the kind of dangerous wording. So we're just going to go over that, talk about... Talk about the the statement, the covenant, and and what the what it really means. So let me read it here. Uh, this is the Southern Seminary and Boyce College covenant and commitment. It's not very long, but they just kind of throw this verse in there. It's from Nehemiah chapter nine. Uh, it's like the most taken out of context verse I've ever seen. It's like an Armenian using, you know, John three sixteen. It says, "Because of this, we all have made a firm covenant in writing." 
on the sealed document are the names of our princes, our Levites, and our priests. So they put that verse in there because it has the word covenant in it, pretty much. And because so, people signed it. So what is that actual chapter talking about right there? Do you know? I don't know the context of Nehemiah 9, 38 off the top of my head, but it's definitely not. Like, I would go out on a limb and say that it's not about COVID-19. It's not about people signing something because of a virus. Right. You know what I, I mean? I think you can say based off of just just what everybody goes back to with Romans 13, that we already differ on where this is going. Right. You know, so go ahead. Yeah, so it's pretty short. As a member of this seminary and college family, I affirm and recognize that we are not just a school. Together we serve the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Together we are called to love one another, respect one another, protect one another, and serve one another in the spirit of Christ. We enter into this covenant together and in the season of the coronavirus with lives and health at risk. We affirm together that we will follow and obey all rules, policies, advisories, and practices required by government authorities, mandated by our institutional responsibility, and communicated by institutional leadership. We will serve Christ, serve one another, and serve our larger community beyond the campus by following institutional policies designed to prevent transmission of disease. Wow. So the more I think about this, so do y'all remember with, with, you know, the old story with in the Bible with Daniel and the lion's den and all that stuff and mm-hmm. how like how like it was it, it like it was a law that Daniel could not carry out basically as a believer in God in his community and stuff like that. And these laws went against his beliefs and his uh, religious practices. Right. And so so one of the things that um, is interesting is that it seems like Boyce here is siding with the government, whereas, you know, instead of instead of flat out saying, hey, we're going to submit first and foremost to Scripture, we're going to, like, it, it kind of words that that way, but then when it throws in, hey, we're submitting to the government here too, it's like, you can't pick both, you know? I think that's my problem with it. Well, I think that there's a sense in which you can pick both because we're told to submit to the governing authorities, but... Obviously, there's a line drawn there, right? Mm-hmm. Like what, you know, we have to define all of our terms. What is the governing authorities? Who are they? Uh, what if they tell us to sin? What if they tell us not to meet as a church? Right. Um, what if all of the data shows that a disease with a over 98% recovery rate is not as bad as we once thought mm-hmm. it was? Now, we're not conspiracy theorists. We don't think that coronavirus doesn't exist. Um, trust me, it does. My roommate had it and it was kind of terrifying. Yeah. Especially because of how the media blew up about it. If we're talking about the statement, the first thing we should really be talking about is what is this actually saying? And then from there mm-hmm. we can really get into what it, what it means for us right. and for boys in Southern as, as a whole. And so when, when we look at this and when we read this, what do you guys think the statement is actually trying to communicate? I guess I needed to reword what I said before, that the Bible is supposed to be our highest authority. Right. And then follow right. the government. We test everything against the scriptures. Right, right. right. And then, but then should follow the government. And, you know, like I say before, you know, they're supposed to work together. You know, government and scripture are supposed to be able, we, we find how proper government is supposed to work mm-hmm. in scripture. And so my thing is, is that I get what they're trying to do by addressing Christ first in this 
and saying it. But I think the statement for me personally does not add enough detail as to okay. But at what point do we mm-hmm. say no? Right. We're gonna we're gonna actually follow mm-hmm. scripture. Well, yeah, our biggest episode. issue with this when we first read it is, and this is almost everybody's issue with it is just how vague it is. It doesn't get to the point. It doesn't lay out really any parameters. It's just very vague, and it's kind of just like blowing smoke. Like, it's not really giving any definitions of anything. It doesn't even say COVID-19. It just says coronavirus, which is, like, not an official way to say that. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's super unhelpful, the way that it's worded. It's confusing people. There are people who will not come to this school because their consciences won't let them because they have to sign something that they don't understand. They have to sign something that doesn't make sense. So have you met students or have either you guys talked to students that will straight up say, hey, we're, we're not going to come because we're sons? Well, so genuinely, I just found out about this yesterday. Honestly, yeah. this first time I read it. Honestly, for me, that could be a case depending on what this means. So when I read something... That says, we enter into this covenant together, and in the season of the coronavirus, with lives and health at risk, we affirm together that we will follow and obey all rules, policies, advisories, and practices required by the government authorities. So it says that, and then later it speaks about serving our larger community beyond the campus mm-hmm. by following institutional policies designed to prevent the transmission of the disease. And I guess this speaks towards the vagueness, too. So I could see an element of where, okay, this is institutional it's on the campus. Right. But I could also see where this would go. It would reach outside of the the boundaries of the campus. Exactly. Because the covenant as a whole functions outside of the campus. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about this earlier, but one of the things you sign when you sign, or you agree to when you sign the covenant is to not drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, that does not apply only to when you're on campus but it applies when you're off campus too. So just because right. you leave campus doesn't mean you can start drinking. So the the covenant has that overreaching, that 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 overarching some authority. of it. Does. They also have some aspects where they say that you can't smoke on campus, but you can smoke off campus. Mm-hmm. So like there, so we have certain parameters. They've given us parameters before, right? But here, there's no real parameters. It's just vague. So like. The things that kind of stand out to me that are somewhat concerning are especially the just the confusingness of, of the of the different words used. So so note this. It says we're going to obey all rules. Okay, so that's like law language. So we're gonna obey obey the law. Uh that's understandable. We can obey the law. We you know, within reason, as long as it's not commanding us to sin, we will obey the law, even if it's stupid. I'm going to wear my mask inside of this institution, even though I don't think that they work, even though I think they might even be harmful because I'm going to obey the law. It's not a sin to wear a mask, but it then says policies and advisories and practices. And then it says the word required. So policies and advisories, advisories aren't required. Like you don't, that's not how those, you know, those two things are, it's oxymoronic, right? They don't go together. You can't require something that is just advice. Right. So I understand if you say, like, we're going to take into consideration the advice of the authorities. If they say, we advise that you make your classrooms this size, or we advise that you don't go to church. But we also are not going to listen to that because we know that we need to go to church. Um, we know that we need to go to church. We know that we need to worship. We know that we need to sing and we need to take communion. So if the government advises that we don't do that, is signing this covenant saying 
I'm not going to do those things even though God commands me to. Because mm. it kind of seems like it could mean that. Right. But it's also like, well, I don't really know if it means that. Yeah. Right. And so that's the big thing. If the if the covenant in this scenario, this certain statement applies to everything off campus, then I think that's where you're going to get people, maybe even like myself, who might be like, ooh, that's kind of tough. Right. Because now this is saying that if if the government shuts down church and my church wants to stay open. Right. Well, now am I, am I breaking the covenant? Or even if, if I don't want to wear a mask when I'm going out for a walk with friends, we're not six feet apart. Well, now right. am I breaking the covenant? Like, right, right. And one of the, one of the interesting things that I think through on this, and maybe this is kind of where that really like libertarian political side comes out of me. If you don't like this, if you're convicted by it genuinely, like you don't have to go to, school here you know you don't have to you you have a choice to go wherever you want now i'm still taking online classes there i love going to voice but the thing is i i really don't like um some of the things that are placed in the in the covenant Mm -hmm. and you know that's something that i've had to come to terms with and stuff like that and and everything but the thing is when we look at this from you know our our vantage point. You know we're not we're not forced to go there. If you're no, if you have convictions to go somewhere else, you totally right. can. So I, I shared this you on know? Facebook, and I had a buddy who is a friend of mine who was one of my roommates last last year, and he said, "Just go online. Like if you're that upset about it, just go online. Yeah. You don't have to deal with it." Well, the thing is, man, I moved here to go to this school. Yeah, I didn't know that they were going to be doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, and here's the thing, like. Uh, we're not saying you shouldn't go to Boyce because of this. I'm going this semester, yeah. even though this has come out. I'm signing it, actually. He's getting um, tested for COVID. <laughs> yeah, we have to get tested for COVID. Yeah. And so I'm doing all of this because the pros outweigh the cons. I'm willing to do this in order to go and get what I consider to be a solid education. But we, we have to look deeper ju- you know, past just like, well, if you don't like it, just don't do it. Well, we also want to look at like what this means for other people. We want yeah. to look at like what's behind all of this. We don't just want to look at it from face value. Yeah, we don't like it. We're going to sign it anyways because the pros outweigh the cons. But we still want to look at why mm-hmm. we're signing it. We want to look at why we don't like it. Um, and so like like the hard thing here is that it's a covenant, right? This is something that you're you're binding your conscience to without really knowing what it means. So just kind of a little backstory before I give out, like I I won't give out any names or anything, but I called somebody from the school to talk to them about this today um, because I was concerned about the wording of it, about what it means, about like if Andy Bashir tells my church to shut down, even though we are facing a disease with a 98% recovery rate, um, sure, it's dangerous for a lot of people. For a lot of people, it's not dangerous. The way that we're handling it is clearly not biblical or wise, and shutting down churches is not the answer. Um, just read some church history. Now, shutting down churches might be a possible answer if it's something that you don't know anything about, if it's something that you're not uh, familiar with. But we know enough now to know that it's an acceptable risk, and that's up to your elders. So if your elders say, hey, we're going to meet, and Andy Bashir says, no, John MacArthur, you can't meet, Yeah. and John MacArthur says, no, we have to, your conscience is tied to this little document or that Gavin is so Newsom in that case, right. you know, with, right, right. With, and he just went on Tucker Carlson right. and talked about all this exactly. stuff. So yeah, but so so your conscience is tied to this little thing that you have to sign electronically, where you're saying like, I I don't even know what this means. Like, does it mean that I can't go to church? Then does it mean that I 
have to do all these things. Like we're saying, like, it's just so vague and unhelpful in a time of great confusion. Right. Right. Like this is when we need clear minds the most, when we need to be not political the most, when we need to make sure we're being clear both to both in our own circles and to the government that we're not going to bow down to anything but Christ or anything that is against Christ. Right. Yeah. What, what bothers me with a lot of churches and with a lot of a lot of communities and a lot of things like this, um, and one thing that you know, just from listening to Cross Politic quite a bit, and just hearing their Check hearts and out. stuff on it, when they talk about our governing authority, like what we adhere, adhere to, it's not people, right? It's constitution. I was getting ready to say that, Robbie. And so, <laughs> so like, I know. But well, the question is, is that true? And to what extent is that true? Because I have friends who. Who believe that that and then there's the constitution a opinion though is our government yeah and then I have people who say that's a piece of paper our government is the people in rule over us well even the thing is though with this in Kentucky though as Governor Bashir is establishing mandates he's also getting his butt sued off by the Attorney General because the things he's mandating are not constitutional right. and so. I mean, but did he try to sue uh, Bevan forever? Well, you yeah, know, I mean, he tried to throw stuff at him. He always did that to Bevan. But just in, for this specific case, it, it's tough because we want to obey the law. Yeah. But at the same time, we have a governor who is being like, like his, his things are getting overturned because he's not obeying the law. And like our attorney general, is, I, I love him. I think he's doing a pretty solid job. Do you know that's my dad? I'm just kidding. Imagine Imagine Daniel Cameron. Like, <laughs> this gen- ginger and then this black guy. How did yeah. this? Are you adopted? I didn't know Maybe. he was a black guy. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. playing football at U of L. Yeah, dude, he's awesome, man. But yeah, no, like I, I just feel like there's a real confusion, and there needs to be unity on the issue of okay, who is our governing authority? Because when you think about it, when this was being wrote. You think about it from the sense of, okay, the king or whatever is your governing authority. Sure. But for us, we live in America, which is a totally different mm-hmm. aspect like of, of government that is that is so um, – it's unique to the rest of the world, right. really. And so when well, we – Well, it's better because it is set mm-hmm. with this standard, the Constitution. Mm-hmm. But that's just how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So what about when our, our civil leaders disobey that standard, disobey the Constitution that they swore to – and tell us to do something. It's up to the people to hold to the Constitution and hold them accountable. Right. It's up to the masses to understand that this needs to be upheld. I mean, wasn't that why we were giving given like the Second Amendment, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know, when government is gonna, if government's gonna be tyrannical, then you have to protect yourself right. in that way. And that's obviously coming from like a very like physical standpoint, right. not necessarily a legislation standpoint. But this is still like a legislative issue. That I think a lot of people aren't approaching with a right mindset. Yeah, and I think even more importantly is that we're talking about not just something like masks. So, for example, masks are an overreach of constitutional authority. That's not something that the government can mandate you to wear. Which doesn't mean that it's wrong to no. wear a mask. No, like, no I but think it's hurting like local business in the sense. Right. Well, just as yeah. a whole, though, it might be good to wear a mask. Yeah. It might be wise. But the thing is. The government does not have the authority to say exactly. you yeah. must wear right. a mask. Constitutionally speaking, they don't. And so 
like yeah, like you said, even if it's not wrong, they can just like legally speaking, they can only advise you what to do. Mm-hmm. You they can't make it law, but they are. That's something that I think we should just go along with because we don't want to, you know, because we want to be able to shop in those places and it's not that big of a deal. We should be vocal about it not being constitutional, but it's not sinning to wear a mask. Okay. It is sinning not to go to church. It is sinning not to take communion. It is sinning not to sing in church. And we could talk about all of that and the scripture behind all that, but that's just our stance, right? We want to do what God commands us to do and he commands us to gather as the body and not to forsake it. So this covenant that Southern is having us sign says that we have to obey all of the advisories and practices as well as the laws. So does that mean that we're going to be wearing masks and goggles in class? Because goggles are something that they advise, right? Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, at what level does it have to be advised? Does it have to be from the governor? Does it have to be from the mayor? Does it have to be... Fauci? uh, Right, does it have Fauci? Right. So it's just unclear. Now, we're not... We're not mad at the school. Yeah. We're not sitting here like we're just confused. We're trying right. to figure out right, and what we think is, it's yeah. we think it's really important to be clear, especially in leadership positions, right? Yeah, and that's not what's happening. So, like, what's really concerning to me is that a lot of SBC politics is just that it's politics, mm-hmm. when really it's you know these are the people of God that we're talking about. Um, and yeah, no, it's not a church. But it is a parachurch denomination. Yeah. We're dealing with the actual church, the body of God, right? And so what's hard is that I've had people tell me that this this covenant is just them dealing with the politics of it, right? They're just they're just putting this out there to make sure that Bashir doesn't look at our school and think, oh, they're just doing whatever they right. want. Now our question is, why are you trying to appease the tyrannical god of this? state right fat tyrants we don't appease them exactly Mm. and we should do that actively we should do that to the glory of god so there was one thing on there that didn't say something about random testing or something yeah they're gonna do like random testing where they just pull you off the sidewalk yeah someone told me that it is this potential or is this for real someone said it's probably not gonna happen but they have the right to test anybody at any time now here's the thing the right. It's your campus. Yeah. I don't care what you tell me to do. I think it's worth it to go there because of the education that I get. I'm going to wear the mask. I'm going to do the stupid distancing. But once I'm off campus, I'm taking the mask off and I'm going to hug my friends and I'm going to sneeze at them. And <laughs> if they get COVID, I'll pray for them. And we're just going to live normal lives because that's what we have to do at this point. And the thing is, is that it's the covenant seems like it's going to reach over into that though. It's you know not, I mean? and, and, you know, and we just got through talking, you know, we talked feminism and we talked, you know, like how a lot of the argument is my body, my choice mm-hmm. and all this, you know, that kind of stuff. That's not what we're coming at. We're not coming at from the perspective of, of that sense, right. because that's dealing with, and that's why I made it, you know, you make it a clear point to say, okay, that's another human being right. we're talking about. We're talking about human beings here and respecting the individual. Right. But, um, in this scenario, you do have a choice because the situation is is that you are an individual. You're not affecting someone else's life in the same way of like you directly knowing it, like physical punching somebody, like type of thing. It's not it's that's something I think we all need to kind of work through and think through. Like, how does if you have coronavirus, how should you handle that on an individual level? Yeah. And how should you handle that in the community? Like that's one thing that I like try to work through in my head a lot 
because right. you yeah. know I, I think, think a lot of people are asymptomatic. Right. You know, I just think they are. Right. I think it's it's honestly pretty simple. I don't think that we need to sign a covenant saying that we're going to try to care for people. I think that as Christians, we're going to be clear and use common sense and say, "Hey, if you're sick, stay home." Yeah. And if you don't want to get other people sick, stay home. Don't be a jerk. You know, it is a disease nobody wants to get. Yeah. A flu like that, right? And it can really hurt older people. We want to be very careful. If you're sick, stay home. If you start feeling symptoms, quarantine yourself. But quarantining the healthy was then brought up. And wearing masks that don't do anything was then brought up. And it's just all these things like, like we don't want our... it sinful not to work. It's sinful not to do things. Right. It's like and so in the sense of what you were saying there, quarantining the healthy, doesn't that doesn't that like is it in nature be sinful? Doesn't right. it lead to sin at least? Absolutely. And we sin. see the suicide rates going way up, depression right. rates going way up. If there was an actual super deadly virus, like like the Black Plague or something that something that's been dealt with in history where you know That's they were dropping lying, bodies. Right. Everywhere. They were right. They were just lining up the bodies on the streets to be burned and stuff. Like if that were happening, don't go out unnecessarily like touching people and getting close to people and your children could probably die and you could probably die at any point. That is not what we're dealing with. Like I get it. It's scary. I get that it can kill old people. I get that it's highly contagious, but it's, it's just a flu and we deal with flus. I seriously, what this is, is a nation that is godless and that is terrified of death, right? It's a godless nation that is terrified of death and is now being faced with it. And the media panic has just set this fire, blowing this thing way out of proportion. And now we have to sign this covenant in order to help appease people. Yeah. With all this being said, I think it's because I think we would all agree with this too. I think Isaiah kind of mentioned it a little bit. It is important to say, though, that Southern is a private institution. Right. And because of that, they can do whatever they want. The same way that if if I walked into a store Mm -hmm. and the store said only people with red shirts can come in here, you got to have a red shirt to go in the store. That's part of the rules. And that's their right. Exactly. They have that. Now, I think it is interesting because Southern does receive its funding from the church. Right. Kind of like what you were saying. So it's not that they speak for the church, but they get their money from the church. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is that kind of carries a weird right balance, well, that, with it. and that's where the confusion comes in because I think there's some negative uh, confusion in there, and I think this is kind of leading to it because it's so vague. If you were just like, like that's why I think we're all wanting to push for more explicit language in it, like what's actually going on here, mm-hmm. and and just kind of go into it a little bit more because it leads us to think questions like, okay, are you just saying this because a lot of old folks are, right. you know, in the SBC that have done this right. a certain way for a long time, or maybe not even old folks, just people in general that have done things a certain way, don't want to change mm-hmm. or they feel a certain way about something. Are you doing this to appease the masses? Or are you doing this because you actually believe it's right? Right. Or because, are, are you doing this for on campus only? Or are you doing this for when we go to church? Yeah. Like none of that is laid out. Yeah. None of that. Yeah. And I'm learning more and more about how important it is about the way we go about doing things, not just that we do things, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think just like being careful with the the difference between saying this is a covenant, like Mm -hmm. you were saying, and saying... Okay, we got to trust individuals to be individuals and act as the hands and feet of Christ. Like when you come to this, right. come to the school, you are required to basically explain your testimony, explain right. that you're a Christian, right. talk about that. 
why can't we just expect Christians to act like Christians? Mm-hmm. Like, why do we have to have a million and 15 covenants in the first place? Right. And if it's to make the governor feel better, yeah. you don't take government money so that you don't have to do that kind of thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. our school won't let us take out, like, FAFSA, like, government loans to pay for our tuition. They refuse to take any government money mm-hmm. so that they don't have to obey a tyrannical government, so that they remain totally separate from the government. Yeah. And now we're going to obey all rules, policies, advisories, and practices right. of the government. Right. And exactly. And I think John MacArthur talking about this on Tucker Carlson is a great example of how you should handle this. Mm. If your convictions are to open up and actually you know, go back to what you were doing, I think you should go to it and do it. Because and and you should just be like, hey, look, I know, I know, you know, Gavin Newsom saying all this. I know Andy Bashir saying all this, but we're gonna do this right. the right. way we, that we've Bible thought about it. Students. We've prayed about it uh, as elders, and we've decided that the risk is worth taking mm-hmm. for those of you who feel comfortable to come back to church. That's the best stance to take, right? Is you know, let your let your elders decide that. That's not up to your governor. You know, how you worship is not up to him. And people say. Well, but doesn't the government, you know, have have a right over, like, who's hurting who and stuff? Yeah, but it's up to the elders, and it's up to the people. Like, if they want to voluntarily go there and put themselves in danger, they have the absolute right to do that. Yeah. Just like I can go and walk on the edge of a cliff, even though that might not be smart. Mm-hmm. COVID's not the edge of a cliff. That's what people are making it seem like. Mm-hmm. It's not. Maybe it is for grandma. Maybe it is for someone with an immune disorder. But it's not for most people. Yeah. And I think... And this is probably repeating something I've already said too, but that's the at least for me one of the craziest parts with the whole thing and with what Southern has said, but just as a whole, that our society has turned into one that says we're going to quarantine the healthy. So if you don't have a problem, or what it's turned into now is that if you don't have a problem with the coronavirus, if you're not worried about getting sick, if you're healthy you're going to be the one that ends up not being able to go somewhere. Right. So at Southern, what it would seem like is, so if you're really worried about getting COVID or you have an immune disorder or you're more susceptible to it, it's okay. You can come and wear a mask. But if you're healthy and you don't care about the, about COVID at all, you don't have any problems, then you then you cannot come on campus. Yeah. And I think that's what's kind of messed up is that so you're, you're, you're really isolating the majority of the population mm-hmm. For the sake of, of the 1%. Right. And this isn't an argument that's based off of like, like people always straw man it and they're like, just, you know, just love your neighbor. Just don't go outside. You don't have to go to that party. You don't have to do this. It's like, no, we're not coming at this from a selfish standpoint. Like there are some things that are just a bummer about it. Like I was supposed to be saving money the whole summer. My bank account's empty because I had to go to Costa Rica because of all the closures and stuff. You know, I'm not able to go and do this. I'm not able to take communion at church yet. All this kind of stuff that that bothers me a lot, but that that's not the main reason that we're talking about this. We're talking about this because of the precedent that it sets, the standard that it points to, and the dangers involved here, what's underlying. Mm-hmm. This is not just an argument from a materialistic and fleshly perspective. This is an argument from the perspective of something that's much deeper that's going on that is very concerning. Right, right. And the the whole thing... To me, it sounds like it starts off like, hey, we're doing this out of love for our neighbor. Okay, well, that's great. But then when you throw the government stuff in there, (laughs) what it ends up sounding like is that we're going to do this for the love of our neighbor 
but also because um, the government really wants us to, mm-hmm. and this is kind of the culturally accepted thing right, right. now, and also because we're doing this almost out of a spirit of fear. Right. And that's what concerns me mm-hmm. is like, I don't want to walk around in a cowardly way. I want to walk in a bold way and proclaim Christ. Amen. Because when we were like, so, you know, when I went on a, uh, I was blessed enough to go on a mission trip to uh, Kenya. And so when I was down there, um, one of the things that was said by one of our uh, leaders that were down there, she said, um, hey, come on, hurry up. Uh, people are dying. That's what she said yeah. every day. And or, I don't know if it was every day, but it was a, it was a great way. I just remember that. And a yeah. lot of people from that trip remember it. Because when you live with the mindset that people are dying, you don't care about coronavirus. Right. You care that people are dying and going to hell. Right. Especially as Christians. Right. So yeah. that's what I think the root of the issue is right there. Mm-hmm. That you're not... That yeah okay great we're looking out for the long term of people that's great but if our if we're truly our citizenship is in heaven mm-hmm. we're not going to worry about coronavirus on right. earth right we're gonna we're gonna be more concerned with what Christ is about in the new heavens mm-hmm. and earth right amen so you guys got any other thoughts to add to any of that any closing thoughts we love you. We love you, Southern. We love you, Boyce. But absolutely, we are just—we're just like kind of confused. And I, I, really, <laughs> really I think is. that you know this isn't just a few people. Usually, when I take an issue with something at Southern Boyce, it's just yeah. like just me and my buddies, and that's it. Yeah. But this is something that, like, you know, even people on staff at Southern, yeah. have told me like, yeah, we're we're reaching out and asking for like an amendment. We're gonna ask if if they can like release a video clarifying what this means because mm-hmm. even they see that it's unhelpful. So. So I'm glad for that. Uh, I think that I genuinely, I have high hopes that something will be released that clarifies right. this this covenant. But it's just, yeah, it was just a little weird. It was concerning. It was something that would be interesting to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's difficult, I think, for a lot of students in your positions, especially, that has moved here specifically to go. Right to this school and are like out of state or far away, living kind of far away in the state or even, you know, international or in Costa Rica. Yeah. (laughs) And so we're looking at this like from several different angles and it's like, basically you, you don't have an option unless you go back home Mm -hmm. or, you know, cause I mean, you're going to just go online or whatever, you know, and that costs a lot of money, you know? And if we're talking about the long-term impact to people, like what people are concerned with, with coronavirus, which is a long-term healthy, sustained people and loving your neighbor. What about loving your neighbor in that way? Right. Where like, who's your neighbor? You're impacting their financial, Mm -hmm. them financially. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So like, right. Just that matters too. Yeah. Right. All of our neighbors matter, not just the ones who can get hurt by COVID because those are being treated like the only neighbors at this point. And they're not. They're not the only neighbors. We need to have love for everybody. We need to take everybody into consideration. And we need to do what we can. And I think that this is what our school is trying to do. Genuinely, I do. I think that they are trying to do what they can to meet everybody's needs as effectively as possible. I just disagree with the method. Yeah. I I like. That's why I liked going to the how part. Because when you talk about the how we go about doing things... It is impactful. It is important. Absolutely. And, you know, I used to not be a person that really believed so much in the how. But I'm starting to become more and more to that. And, yep. And so, but anyways, you got any closing thoughts, Jackson? Yeah, I think it is important to say to at the end. So, and I think I can speak for all three of us when I say this. 
when we talk about these things, we don't have the attitude of like, oh, like we're going to expose Southern, like <laughs> no, expose them, like, like other people in the past have done maybe more recently, mm. but rather it's more of a, we're just trying to have a conversation. Absolutely. Like Isaiah said, because we see it yep. and it seemed concerning and we're not even saying like, oh, like, that's like, I can't read Dr. Moeller's mind. I have no idea what he means by this. It's more of a, there just needs to be some clarification. Mm-hmm. So not to, not to rush to judgment or not to yeah. be slow to make a, con- or right. quick to make conclusions, rather just slow, slow to think and to listen and wait and see what happens. Yeah. But yeah, that's also to also understand that these things do have a very, they, they could possibly have a very dangerous end mm-hmm. if this kind of thinking is continued. For sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's very well said. And yeah, like you said, we're not, we're not mad. We're not trying to start any fights, but if we can't, you know, if we can't even talk about mm-hmm. something like that, then we have a problem and we're not being honest with one another. Right. So a good institution, a place that I want to be a part of is a place that is able to fight over these kind of things yeah. in, a, in a holy biblical exhortational type of way. And I think that we can do that. When you are able to disagree or when you're able to have open and honest conversations that sometimes sound angry or, you know, sound like an argument or a fight or whatever, those sometimes lead to the best results. Absolutely. Because, because it's an honest, passionate, honest answer, honest question asked, and you're going you're to get an honest answer in return. And when you don't hold back, the the hope is is that the good ideas went out right? right and and so when we think about this stuff you know and that goes back to one of the one of a documentary I listened to and I I loved it um, called by what standard or not by what standard but I'm um, sorry uh, no safe spaces um, I love that but man that's just the hope uh, that that the good ideas will will win out in the right. end yeah and just to add to that I think that that's super important to remember that we need to be able to fight we need to be able to rebuke one another we need to be able to argue some of my absolute closest friends are those that I've had very intense debates with and Christians are so scared of that these yeah. days churches are scared of that they think that it's being divisive if you have any disagreements that you voice firmly in any way yes. but it's just not so here here's like a good analogy that I that I thought of to use. Um, so if like, if two soldiers are, you know, they're part of the same army and they're sparring to get ready to go to battle together, they could fight pretty hard. They could make one another bleed. They could fight. They could even get mad at each other, but, but their allegiance is to the same King, right? Mm -hmm. They have the same allegiance. And if their allegiance is strong, their bond will be strong and they will die for one another. Our allegiance is to our King and our King is Jesus Christ. And he died for us, and his blood covers a lot of our anger. His blood covers all of our sin, and it will be sufficient to keep us in fellowship, to keep us with the ability to fight with 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 one another, to then laugh and to feast together, to fellowship, right? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, you know, feelings, they bounce around, they change, they waver, they go everywhere. But you know what doesn't? The standard. Amen. The standard does not change. The Amen. Bible does not change. Christ does not change. God does not change. Well said. So, you know, ultimately, you know, our hearts can't be trusted. But what can be trusted is the Word of God. And Amen. that's and we have the allegiance to the Word of God, I believe, Southern and Boyce does. And Amen. and so at the end of the day, we want to hold to that. We want to hold to um, we want to be in step with each other. We want to see, seek unity, seek peace. Um, mm-hmm. 
And we just hope that there gets a little bit more clarity out there. So, yep. I mean, I think that's about it. Yep. Robbie, you want to pray us out? Absolutely. Dear Lord, thank you for just an opportunity to um, come before you, just do a podcast with these guys, um, just talk about some some uh, kind of tough stuff for some people and maybe some easier stuff to think through for others. But God, we just pray that, that this was helpful to people, that it shows love and care um, to actually um, come at this with an open and honest perspective and, and that people would hear it and be kind of in step with, with each other and understand that no matter what, what your word says is what we're going to hold to. So um, in your name, pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Counterculturalist podcast. Uh, please share it if you feel so led, if you enjoyed it. Uh, if you have any questions or disagreements, we'd be happy to talk. Just hit us up on our social medias. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram at the Counterculturalist. Check out our website. We got uh, great articles coming out there. We got the American Sojourners podcast, the Grandpappy podcast. And yeah, thank you for listening and God bless.